0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Rick Uccino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. What is going on? Good people. Happy Tuesday afternoon. Happy Royal rumble week. We have made it feels like it's been literally forever since it's been like a pay-per-view premium live event type week and here we are ready to rock and roll with the royal R- i said it feels like it's been forever usually we get one every four weeks with wwe we haven't had one in what eight weeks
0: you you didn't specify wwe that's why oh, i that's made the enough. face i was like I, I remember wrestle kingdom was just a few weeks ago i remember hard to kill was just two weeks ago
1: <laughs> eh, nah, i'm talking about wwe obviously it was really weird not having that december pay-per-view but the royal rumble is upon us I'm trying to get hyped Sorry, up. Sorry,
0: I, I like to watch women's wrestling, so I watch other stuff besides WWE. Oh, dude,
1: <laughs> dude, don't get me stop. SP3 trying to get me good and pissed off before I even get through the intro. We will be talking about Raw 30 last night and the uh, egregious mistake, I believe, that Triple H and company made on that show last night kind of an anti triple H show to be completely honest with you because there was really only 50 minutes of wrestling on the entire thing they they really went for more of the uh promo type stuff but had to get those legends in there had to get hulk hogan rick flair their screen time had to have a, an 11 minute degeneration x promo to set up a meaningless six-man tag match but you couldn't have the match that you you know you plugged all week and was arguably the most anticipated of the entire night despite there being two title matches on the damn card see you already got me started you already got me started sp3 appreciate everybody who's tuning in appreciate queen and frantic world and ace and noob and santo santo with a good comment in here already we will get to that I promise you, we will talk about Sony Deville. So I am going to uh, star that one. Uh, make sure we get to your comment uh, before we dive into everything. SP3, got to thank our friends over at Bet Online. They continue to be your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season and for every season. And without them, we wouldn't be here right now. They have everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA. I believe WWE is up there as well. Get the latest odds, team matchup information, play your news and game trends all at BetOnline with live betting options, free contests, live scores for almost any sport and game imaginable. Go to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. I said five, zero, and the percentage sign. Make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE. To get those rewards, that is B-L-E-A-V, betonline.ag. That is where the game starts. Appreciate everybody who's tuning in. Again, uh, if you're new to the show, welcome. If you like what you hear, pound that subscribe button. The climb to 1,000 continues. Appreciate everybody who's already subscribed. And uh, hit that thumbs up button while you're here as well because that really, really drives up uh, our audience. You have no earthly idea. Uh, We are going to be doing a Royal Rumble uh, predictions show coming up on Thursday this morning. We got a very special guest, Cam Hawkins uh, from The Ringer. He's going to be joining us, so that's going to drop Thursday at 9 a.m., so be on the lookout for that. And then, of course, I'll be at the Royal Rumble this weekend. I'm going to be at the Media Junket on Friday. There's going to be plenty that's going to be coming out from that here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast YouTube channel. And the the regular channel as well. You can get us anywhere. Podcasts are available, SP3. That's Apple, Spotify. We're all over the place. iHeart Media app. We're everywhere, baby. Uh, so make sure never to miss an episode of the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. SP3, we'll, we'll talk about what wasn't on the show last night. But let, let's start with the positives of, of Raw 30, okay? I like to focus on the positives and not harp on the negatives. But when the negatives are that egregious, I will harp on them. Let's start with the positives, though, okay? That opening segment last night, the trial of Sami Zayn. Once we got past the Hulk Hogan mic problems and just Hulk Hogan being there at all and the video package that we had already seen four times, okay? So keep that in mind when we start talking about stuff that was cut for time restraints. This segment didn't start until eight minutes into the show, okay? So it's not it wasn't as long as everybody said it was. It was really only about 20 minutes. Which is, I think, fairly typical for an opening segment or match on Monday Night Raw. So let's ignore that. Let, let, let's try not to ignore those eight minutes that were lost in the in the ether here. But this opening segment with Sami Zayn, and you had Paul Heyman as the prosecutor laying out his evidence for why Sami Zayn has been a plant this whole time. We saw him drop on SmackDown that that we he never liked Sami Zayn, and everything has set up for Sammy to be guilty. And after he lays out his defense, Sami Zayn is hes distraught, but he, he's kind of over it at this point. He's tired of the accusations. He's tired of the disrespect. And is, re- frankly, wondering if it's even worth all the effort that he's put into the bloodline. And ultimately, he decides it's not, SP3. He says, no, I have no defense. F y'all, basically. Roman Reigns gets pissed, sends Solo in to execute the man. Or, you know, the equivalent of executing the man. And then who steps up to his defense? But Jey Uso, the man who wanted to kick this dude out of the bloodline from the get-go. It was absolutely beautiful storytelling last night. I don't care how long that segment went. It was great, and it sets up everything very nicely for what we believe is going to be going down this weekend at the Royal Rumble, which is ultimately the split between Sami Zayn and the bloodline. I think that's what has to happen this weekend. But my goodness you could not open up a a show better than they did last night with this trial of Sami Zayn.
0: This was the best WWE in-ring talking segment since the Festival of Fendrip. This this was beautiful storytelling from Sami's reaction to to Paul Heyman as the prosecution, and the fact that WWE, for the first time in, I think, like a long, long time, they had months and months of footage to show, to yeah. talk to, to pinpoint the different storyline beats and why Jey Uso had his doubts before Survivor Series, and why Sammy. Uh, you know, if you remember a lot of the stuff, like you know when we did our review for SmackDown on another whatever channel uh i mentioned that this whole start this whole started with sammy just wanting he came off the loss at john uh, against johnny knoxville at wrestlemania and he wanted to prove himself as the locker room leader and the locker room leader needs to have some value to the head of the table to the tribal chief and he was Randall from Reset taking his notes as RK Burrow and drew mcintyre was talking trash about the bloodline and he went back to paul heyman who from the beginning like he said during the segment last night he did not like sammy he did not want to deal with sammy and then eventually he gave sammy time with roman reigns and you saw roman kind of listen Appease him and then get involved with RK Bro and Drew McIntyre, and all of that set up the six man tag that was great at WrestleMania Backlash. And that was back in April of I know. 2022. I know. I know nine months of footage that they could have pulled from, and you had Paul Heyman. With the prosecution showing Sammy not helping the Usos when they got jumped by Drew McIntyre, not hitting, not hitting Kevin Owens with the steel chair, doing the four life, something that would have been just passed over at a Survivor Series, and then bumping Roman Reigns, and then when they slowed it down and showed the clip, you saw even there on the Christmas Eve episode in 2022 of SmackDown that Paul Heyman reacted to that like, oh, like, like even then he was he was they was like oh no we're gonna go back to this and then to have you know Solo who's who's just basically a henchman at this point in the beginning it seemed like Solo was, was a friend of Sammy because they showed with the defense that he took the chair shot for Sammy with Drew McIntyre and after that that was when Solo for the first time spoke up for Sammy when Jay was against him he was like no I think Sammy is actually right I think Sammy's cool I want Sammy to come out to the ring with him but yeah. Solo has developed into this enforced And henchman of the bloodline So much that he has no love For Sam, he has no emotion at all He's just ready to hit somebody with a Samoan Spike at the order of the Tribal Chief, so he just you know, He even thought about it a little, but he was Like, nope, I'm the henchman, that's what I'm (laughs) here for, and then to have Jay Uso, of all people Stop him, just that Moment, holding up the arm And then saying, I got the defense I got iMovie, I got iMovie Too, Paul Heyman, this is (laughs) (laughs) I've got more clips of all the time Sami Zayn has come through, helping them in their tag team match against Matt Riddle and Shinsuke Nakamura. I saw a lot of people say that was the, the title unification match. No. That wasn't a title unification match. Roman helped them unify the titles. It was Sammy that helped them retain it against Matt Riddle and Shinsuke Nakamura on the June 3rd, 2022 episode of SmackDown. He helped them against Sheamus and Butch back in December to retain the tag team titles. He took the bullet for Roman ahead of Clash at the Castle with Drew. Took the bullet for a Solo with the steel chair shot to the back. It's like he, like, I love Jay Uso's promo as well. Just talking about this man is taking so many any bullets for us he is bulletproof I love you like a brother and he was like you saw the good in me even when I couldn't see it in myself and that makes you family and then everybody to have the thumbs up this was just beautifully told everyone played their roles well even Jimmy Jimmy who was on the side of Sammy and now we saw that backstage segment just a few weeks back where he was like you know I've always liked Sammy but Roman if you want to Take him out, it's fine And he's just sitting there all fine and dandy And it took Jay I don't think Jimmy would have done that Because Jimmy has kind of stood back And kind of bowed to the graces of Roman Reigns It had to be Jay Because Jay is always the one Who steps up to Roman And disagrees with Roman And will speak up against Roman Like he said, I don't care what the tribal chief says Even when he had his issues with Sami Zayn For him to be the defense That was just perfect The emotion on sammy Zayn's face like he was just heartbroken from the paul Heyman. then he was heartbroken yeah. seeing all the times that he took bullets for for the uh bloodline or he was just take he was just so emotional because he didn't even think he needed all that proof to show his loyalty he thought he already proved himself but to hear jay be the one to present that argument for him he just had all the everything that was storytelling was so- was sold from his face and then hugging them afterwards and that- and The tag team match. On yeah. top of that, it was great because WWE did a great job of making it for the Raw tag team title. So you thought that it could change hands. So that was the first thing they did good. And then to have Jimmy Uso get injured and then he's replaced. He, yeah, Jimmy Uso is injured, but Sammy Uso is not. And him coming in and that was, was set up.
1: That was set up a week ago or yes. two weeks ago, whenever it was that that uh, the whenever the gauntlet match took place and you had Adam Pierce come out and say oh well Finn Balor can't continue I'm gonna allow Dominic to to sub in that seemed like such a, a a throwaway dumb thing that they could do but a decision like that by an official and then they come back around and Adam Pierce is like well shit, I did this for the judgment day, so I guess I have to do this for the Usos. I want to know if this means that Sammy is now technically an undisputed tag team champion. It's kind of like free bird rule, like it is with the new day. All
0: the, all yeah, the Usos. All, all the, are the are Usos are available to defend those tag team titles. Man, this was this was the best kind of starting like 45 minutes of a Monday night raw episode. Yeah. I would say in nearly a decade, like it's been so long that I was that enthralled, that into every storyline, beat of everything, and it builds up to you know the Raw Rumble for Sami Zayn's final test, as Roman says, and I love the the little tidbit of the backstage when he you know after they won and defended the titles, Roman told Paul Heyman that Paul Heyman has to make sure that uh. That, that Sammy he doesn't see Sammy until the Royal Rumble so Is this really a final test for Sammy Zane or is this Really a final test for Paul Heyman because uh, Paul Heyman might try to think of himself as the master manipulator and be like, call up Sami Zayn on Friday and be like, oh, the tribal chief wants you to be here just so Roman sees Sami. And then it's like he's in trouble and he doesn't, he's out of the bloodline like Paul Heyman wants because Paul Heyman was the head of the defense. He does not want Sami Zayn in the bloodline. He showed his loyalty to, to Roman Reigns and showed where his loyalty stands against Sami Zayn. So he might be thinking, on with be one step ahead of the tribal chief and i'm gonna call sammy this smackdown but it's really a test for paul heyman and then paul heyman is ejected because we saw roman did that pretty easy in 2021 so why not he can run back it again it's so many different layers to this story and how it can develop this is one of the best storylines in wwe history
1: yeah uh it's the segment itself the the storyline itself is almost bulletproof and we were talking about this on another channel with with Dutch Mantel and he's and he's critical about everything and he even said they can't mess this up like it, it's almost impossible for them to mess this up at this point and you're right about Friday it is going to be very interesting. Kevin Owens is going to be on the show. I find it very difficult to believe that Sami Zayn won't be on the show in some way shape or form I think you know he's gonna find. They're going to find a way to set up what's going to happen on Saturday night. Now, what happens on Saturday night, that is going to be the most interesting thing of the entire week. I'm sorry to the Men's Royal Rumble, the Women's Royal Rumble, all that. It's what happens between Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns, and Kevin Owens and how that match ends. Does Sami Zayn's split from the blood? Because I firmly believe the split is happening on Saturday, especially if rumors are to be believed that Sami is going to be facing Roman Reigns at Elimination Chamber in Montreal. Um, There were photos of the uh, commemorative chairs that were already being printed with Sami's face all over them. So this matchup to me is being set. Uh, So that's, it's going to be very, very interesting. Just to keep using that word over again. What happens and what's going to go down uh this coming saturday at the royal rumble a saying solo's tweet afterwards was interesting uh if you missed it he he tweeted out a photo uh of jay uso catching his arm before he delivered the samoan spike and it had just said get off of me uh you said that um solo's just kind of become this henchman i think solo is is just living up to his name he he's out for basically himself, and he is kind of that that hired gun. Don't forget, he wasn't sent by Roman Reigns. He wasn't recruited by Roman Reigns. He wasn't recruited by Paul Heyman. He was sent in by the elders. So I think he's always been kind of like on his own, like little lonely island here. Even though he's been a part of the island of relevancy for for several months now. So. Solo's always going to be a wild card for me as far as the bloodline is concerned because he was never put in by Jay Jimmy. He was he was infused into the bloodline by the elders of the family and it's a shame that they weren't able to make it to Raw cuz I would have been interested to see how that segment would have shaken out, but what we got brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Now let's talk about what that brilliance meant for the rest of the show. Um, SV3, I don't know about you personally. Um, to me, what I was looking forward to the most on Raw 30 was the steel cage match between Becky Lynch and Bailey. That's what I was hyped for. That's what was advertised, that's what was set up in Cincinnati when I was there at Monday Night Raw. That's what was promised to us. They get to the top of the hour after a commercial-free hour of Raw, which was spectacular, most of it, Bloodline-related. I kind of forget what happened in between, mostly because I just went... Uh, L.A.
0: night Bray Wyatt, and Undertaker.
1: That's right. Okay, yep, we'll get there. We'll we'll get there. I I kind of forgot about the timeline of what happened, because after the Bloodline stuff, and then after what happened with these two women, I kind of just got pissed off (laughs) and stopped paying attention as intently as I was, even though I did enjoy the show. Um, top of the hour. We get her introduction. It's Bailey. She sends she sends Dakota and Eo to the back as she's getting ready for this steel cage match. We go to commercial. We come back. Becky gets her big entrance. And then she gets jumped. She gets thrown into the cage. They lock the door. They beat the ever loving crap out of her. Adam Pierce comes out, unbolts the cage, and tells damage control to the GTFO. And we go to commercial, and that's that's it. That was the big cage match. Your, your marquee on WWE.com all-day advertised match. That was it. A three-minute max segment that featured Becky Lynch getting her ass whooped and us not getting the advertised match that we were promised. And I'm sitting here, and I'm going, okay, that's... That's dumb, but let me see what they got in store for this. Uh, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt that they didn't just cut this for something stupid as time restraints. Not 45 minutes later, we get a report from Fightful.com that the match itself was cut for time restraints. What? 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 what sp3 explain this one to me now let me let me start off by saying this we don't know how much else was cut from everything else on the show we don't know what else was trimmed they did mention that there was some some fat trimming here or there but the fact that they cut an entire match that was not going to be no little five-minute barn burner. This was, this was set to take some major time, I have to believe. The fact that they decided to cut this match out of everything else on the show that also featured an 11-minute Degeneration generation X reunion that followed it to set up a pointless six-man tag match that got a decent chunk of time. We had SmackDown segments on this show. SmackDown superstars that were featured. We had to trot Ric Flair's old ass out there to introduce his daughter, even though the last time he was on screen, he wasn't getting along with his daughter. We had to do all of that. I get main eventing with the men because you had to reveal Brock Lesnar at the end. Even that was rushed. I get it. I understand that. The decision to cut Becky and Bailey from this show is not only mind-boggling, it's disrespectful. It's disrespectful to both of those performers, and it's disrespectful to the women's wrestling fans and the fans in general that tuned in specifically to see the match that was promised. But SP3, if we're being honest here... We're celebrating 30 years of Monday Night Raw, so I guess it makes sense to just go on to the age-old tradition of, oh, we're running out of time, let's cut the fucking women's match. Are you kidding me, SP3? Are you kidding me?
0: What what you guys are saying at that uh, Triple H, the great purveyor of women's wrestling, you mean he, he cut a women's match so he could... Play, uh, you know, 20 years old again with his old friends for 11 minutes. Um, you know, I am shocked. I am shocked. I have not been the guy here standing up here for weeks telling y'all that Paul LaFec. <laughs> Don't care about women's wrestling that he tried to appease you hardcore wrestling fans in NXT and has got you sipping on the Kool-Aid. And y'all thought, oh, women's wrestling is saved. It's saved. Now that Triple H is in charge. Y'all are in the mud. In the mud after last night. And I love it. I'm living life and I'm loving it. because I I have been just as critical as you have been. You have. You have. You have, I'm talking to the people I'm talking to the people
1: I just want to make to sure people. that
0: we're clear on this I'm talking to the people who argued with me Who argued with me That oh Triple H The great purveyor of women's wrestling and, and tag team wrestling Yes We got a whole bunch of more women Here on the roster We got a whole bunch of more tag teams here On the roster But can anyone seriously say He's taking the time to get anyone over No so honestly, when that steel cage match was cut, so Rick Flair could trot out here with his yellow suit and his black, black flower suit on. and DX can make jokes that were corny and only save the segment by Kurt Angle wanting to join DX like he joined the shield before. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised, ladies and gentlemen. I will never be surprised with all of this because people need to realize that last night it was a great, a great fun tribute show. Yeah, but I think a lot of people are pinpointing this as like the one big omission, and also forgetting the fact that this Raw Rumble he didn't exactly build to it, and we are only like five days away. And Becky Lynch and Bailey have not even been freaking announced for the Women's Royal Rumble match. When you look at the graphic for the Women's Royal Rumble match, that is Rhea Ripley and the pimps. That's Diana Ross and the pimps. Like, that's it. It's sad. It's sad. They have Rhea front and center as the biggest option to pick from. And then it's a whole bunch of people that ain't over. It ain't over. And you have two ladies that are over in Becky Lynch and Bailey, And we couldn't even have a follow-up with Bailey just saying a quick, you could have made it 30 seconds, a quick promo. Once we came back from break after the steel cage angle, you could have done Bailey being like, I'm going to be in the Royal Rumble match. And then maybe on Raw Talk, you could have had Becky be like respond and say, I'm going to be in the raw Rumble. No, we didn't, I, didn't I, I even have waiting, time for that. I was waiting all night for some kind of shot of Becky in the trainer's room. Like
1: some kind of follow up segment. It was just, nope. Now they did interview, uh, you know, damage control for Raw Talk, but they didn't say anything. They just defended their actions, which was <laughs> the same stuff we've heard from them, which is we control the narrative. We control what we want to do. I ain't going to put my body on the line because Becky Lynch tells me she wants to. That there, this wasn't really an advancement of the story. This was kicking the can down the road to what should have been the culmination here and now. Yeah. And this matchup, this rivalry, was sacrificed at the altar so we could have Undertaker drive down to the ring in a motorcycle.
0: Now, I know that happened beforehand. Hey, hey, hey. I, I am all for, like I said, the things that could have cut, the things I mentioned, the things they could have cut. We did not need Ric Flair to get two, three minutes to do nope. that. He could have just said, hey, it's the 20th, 20, 20, 30th anniversary of Raw. Here's my daughter, Charlotte. That's all we needed from Rick. I don't need more than that from Rick. I don't need three minutes of Hulk Hogan at the beginning of the show. I don't need 11 minutes of DX doing comedy that was funny Twenty-five years ago, it's not. Funny I did yet. enjoy the DX segment in. Retrospect. I I enjoyed it because of Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle was the gem of that. I wasn't. In, I didn't enjoy it because of anybody from DX. Honestly, I mean, they 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 did do a good job of putting over Imperium a hell of a lot more than they did the revival at Raw twenty-five. You, so you mean, so. mean Imperium, as, as as Teddy? <laughs> Imperium, Teddy. I didn't need Teddy Long. I didn't need all the poker segments. Those poker segments were freaking useless. And that was the only woman legend on the damn show the because thing, the Bellas, yeah. the Bellas was like, nah, deuces. We see the, we they saw the roll call. They were in Philly and they saw the roll call for Monday Night Raw. They were at probably just playing poker. That was probably they- their assignment. No, they said, yeah, they was like, they was like, oh, y'all want us to play uh, poker? Nah, we we too busy. We about to we about to finish up uh, uh Nikki Bella having a four part series on uh e. So we good. We we not gonna show up. Y'all don't want to show. Y'all don't want to highlight. Y'all show a little clip of Mercedes winning the woman's title. Y'all don't want to show Soraya? Nah, deuces. That's what the yeah. Bella said. Nah, it's egregious that they did that to the woman. There was so many other things that they could have cut, and I'm not even saying you cut. The, the Bloodline segment The Bloodline deserved every minute that they got they From sure the Terrence match To the tribal court of Sami Zayn I'm not saying you cut Undertaker Because that was the first time in quite some time I was happy to see The Undertaker Because he came out in the American Badass And I got to hear the Kid Rock song again I was all fine with that And they did the little passing of the torch moment With Bray Wyatt I was fine with all of that There was stuff to cut on this show Thank That's why it's sad what they did Here's what I would have cut,
1: all right? The whole Miz, Kevin Owens thing, didn't need it. Gone. Get rid of it. Kevin Owens is is already on the show on Friday. He could have cut that exact same promo after he wrestles his match on Friday, okay? That's done. Didn't need to have it. So there's not even travel restrictions there, travel issues you have to worry about because Kevin Owens is already on both shows. Why was Charlotte and Sonya even on this show? If you're going to go ahead and do that, you don't need Sonia versus Bianca Belair. Just have Bianca Belair come out, do the whole thing with Charlotte, and then have them, like, just beat up Sonia. Don't have her lose another fucking match before she gets a women's title shot, presumably at the Royal Rumble. This is what Santos said. The, the, the comment I, meant, I mentioned I was going to bring up earlier. Appreciate that we're two of your favorite people. Thank you very much. Always appreciate you tuning into the show. He said, I enjoyed Raw. It was entertaining from beginning to end. One thing I want to see soon is Sonya Deville start racking up some W's. She's one of my favorites. Sonya Deville has not done a damn thing other than lose since she stopped being the Raw GM. All she does is lose. And yet she's an appropriate player.
0: I did also tweet about this. When did they refer to Sonya Deville as the raw general manager? I know that was the role she played, but they legitimately for a whole year made went out of their way to never refer to her as the right. raw general manager.
1: Correct. I would have done the segment, but I would not have done the match because you knew Sonya wasn't going to beat Bianca. So why give her another L? If you want to have those two beat up Sonya Deville, like... They did with L.A. Knight earlier. I was worried they were going to feed L.A. Knight to Taker. I was very happy that it was Bray that whooped his ass instead. So you could have done something similar if that was the plan. Could have cut that time. Boom. I just saved you eight minutes. So if you had two minutes to do the segment, I just saved you eight more. You could have given us a 10-minute cage match. That would have been better. That would have been better this was insulting it was egregious i cannot believe that they've done that because what triple a and it's not like this was some random cage match this is becky lynch and bailey these are two of the most decorated talented women's performers you have ever had and you just cut them like they didn't matter triple h is not treating them like the stars that they are he hasn't even been able to come up with a program worthy of Ronda Rousey's time and now he hasn't come up with a program that's worthy of Charlotte Flair's time yet and it's like what are we doing this women's division is stuck in the damn mud right now and it needs a massive massive rejuvenation I've seen people in the comments bring up they need Oscar back they need fucking something they need They need some TLC from the creative department is what they need right now. I was, like so many others, looking forward to this Becky and Bailey rivalry. And through no fault of their own, it hasn't lived up to the hype because they won't let these two cook, for lack of a better term. Just let these two work their magic. God dang. And Ace, I'm not surprised. I'm just disappointed, man. I'm just disappointed. We got a lot more to get to, including the fact that Stone Cold Steve Austin has reportedly been offered big money for another return match. The opponent differs per report SP3, but we have seen Roman Reigns name thrown out there. We have seen Brock Lesnar's name thrown out there. I don't think either one of those is going to happen. But when you hear Stone Cold Steve Austin's name mentioned in a possible match with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, what does that do for you?
0: I'm totally fine with Roman Reigns versus Stone Cold Steve Austin because it would basically fit into my theme. And I and I said this before when we first talked about Stone Cold Steve Austin coming back is that I really feel like he they should use the equity in Stone Cold Steve Austin to put over a a main star, a, a full-time uh, star of WWE. So him losing to Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship in the main event I'm totally fine with because like I said I don't see why WWE would lose out on all The money by having someone like A Sami Zayn or Cody Rose Versus Roman Reigns at Wrestlemania And beat him for the championship When they're this close to a thousand days So I'm totally fine with him versus a legend like Stone Cold Or The Rock him versus Brock Lesnar Now you're pushing it on what You're trying to do to Stone Cold's body There so yeah I understand The people that were against that idea and why the report says that that was an idea and also says that it was scrapped and, and moved up out of here because that does not need to happen right yeah, now
1: I, I think stone cold was like i don't care how many damn zeros are on that check i ain't getting in the ring with brock lesnar at this point in my life i'm happy you brought up cody rhodes by the way uh that's another thing you could have cut is the cody rhodes video package you want to know why sp3 because you're gonna show the same damn thing this fucking friday yeah You've done it every week. You've shown the same Cody Rhodes video package twice. So you're going to run it twice anyway. Cut that. Saved you four uh, minutes right there. That's a 14-minute cage match you could have done.
0: And I don't know if this is like my Cody uh, Rhodes biased against him from him flipping me off all the way back in 2017. But the way they have paid these video packages on both Raw and SmackDown for the past four weeks – This feels like the most telegraphed Royal Rumble win ever. And I'm at the point where I'm like, don't do it. Because I (laughs) don't do it because this is too telegraphed. It's too telegraphed at this point.
1: We will talk about that more with Seahawk coming up uh, on Thursday on our uh, Royal Rumble prediction show. Um, We'll talk about this as well. This was something that came out middle of last week after our last show on Tuesday. Uh, The fact that SB3 The Rock says, reportedly again this is wrestling observer he does not feel like he can get in the shape where he needs to be to have the kind of match that would live up to the hype of rock versus roman reigns in the main event of wrestlemania 39 in los angeles are you buying it or not do you think this is a giant smoke screen to stave the audience off from the obvious and get some kind of a genuine shock reaction pop if he does show up at the royal rumble or otherwise
0: I'm believing it a lot more than I was when if the report originally came out because of the change that they did to raw 30 and scrapping the bloodline acknowledgement ceremony because I thought that that was a clear indication that they were going to start the build to the rock or give us a, a, a hint that the rock would show up at the Royal Rumble but now that we didn't get that I start to believe this a little bit more so I am more I would say fifty-five, forty-five, believing that Rock will not be at WrestleMania thirty-nine. It, yeah, I don't
1: know. I if it's a smokescreen, they've done a damn good job because now I'm I am doubting it. This is exactly why this kind of report would get out there. Now I think it's very important to note if you're one of these people who says that you're not buying the report because the Rock is in tremendous shape, looks like he was carved out of marble, right? There is a big difference between being jacked and ripped and being in in in-ring shape. So we're talking about the cardio here to go out there and put on a 15, 20, possibly 30-minute main event of WrestleMania 39. That's where The Rock's concern would have to lie. And look, The Rock is also one of these guys. He doesn't want to go out there and have a taker in Kane in Saudi Arabia. He doesn't want to have that. He doesn't want to come out of retirement like Shawn Michaels and put on a stinker. He wants to be a guy who can go out there and still be the great one. So if he doesn't feel like he's going to do that, he ain't going to do that. I think I'm 50-50 right now. We'll also talk about this more uh, with Seahawks coming up on Thursday. Real quick, though, we got to get into this. It's time to answer the five counts on the Believe Podcast Network. All right, SP 3 the five big questions. Today, we will start with the fact that it was the 30th anniversary of Monday Night Raw. A lot of great memories, a lot of bad ones. What's your all-time favorite match, SP3, in the 30-year history of Monday Night Raw? You got one that comes to mind?
0: Oh, I got a, I got a I got a few. I got like a whole top 10 list that I can <laughs> give you yeah, of of classic ones. If you go back to like the first year of uh Monday Night Raw, you had Shawn Michaels versus Marty Jannetty for uh, for the first time on Monday Night Raw. They can, it's kind of like the culmination of Michaels throwing Marty into the barbershop window and Marty comes back out of nowhere and defeats him for the Intercontinental Championship. It was one of those kind of early day surprises on monday night raw i can go a year later to the classic bret hart versus one two three kid matchup in 1994 for the wwf championship uh but if i had to pick one if i had to pick one match that is my all-time favorite i can't pick one i could pick two it's a tie i go to march 1997 British Bulldog versus Owen Hart In the European Championship Finals in Germany Such a great atmosphere and to see Bulldog pull out like junior Heavyweight moves when he was more of A power guy at that time in his WWF career That was just a classic kind of Catch as catch can uh, matchup You had the underlying story With uh, them being brother-in-laws Also their kind of like uh, Dissension in their tag team Partnership when they were tag team champions Champions, All that stuff culminating there for the European Championship, an historic moment in WWE history. And then my all-time favorite is probably uh, the two-man power trip versus Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit from May 2001, the match where Triple H famously tore his quad for the first time i just remember that match being so electric with the with the crowd the crowd desperately wanting the canadian chris's to become the wwf tag team champions and them pulling it out and then the, the historic significance of that matchup with triple h chair his quad that's the one that always comes to my mind
1: i'm close to the time frame of yours but and and it's well documented that my long-term memory is dog anus. All right. Like I can't, I constantly have to be reminded of the timeline of things. Like I couldn't even remember the, what happened in between the cage match that wasn't and the freaking bloodline segment last night. You had to remind me of that. All right. So my long-term memory is terrible. So for something to truly stick with me after 21 years where I can still remember how I felt to where I still get goosebumps thinking about it. That's what, You know that that meant something. And the match that stands out to me was all the way back in 2002 for the WWE Undisputed Heavyweight Championship, The Undertaker defending in a ladder match against Jeff Hardy. My God, man. And I've talked about this before. I grew up Edge, Christian, the Hardys. Those were my guys. I started watching wrestling in 97, 98 when they started coming up. So I grew up as their careers blossomed. So to think that Jeff Hardy was going to shock the world, was going to be the 16 seed that upset the number one seed, right? Was going to walk away something unfathomable at the time. This was a long time before Jeff ever won the WWE championship. Something we didn't think was ever going to be a possibility. Also a great match. Uh, Michaels versus uh, Shelton Benjamin. Um, the fact that they, I was on my seat the entire time. I was cheering, I was screaming, the raw emotion thinking that Jeff Hardy had a chance and when he laid Taker out with that chair shot and he was crawling, army crawling up the ladder and he got JR going, climb the ladder kid, make yourself famous, get goosebumps. Anytime I think about that, arguably JR's call greatest call as a commentator, I'll fight anybody on that. That match to me will always live with me. It is one of my all-time favorites. I, I it's going to be hard to top that one for sure last night the main event of monday night raw sp3 was interrupted by brock lesnar he helped if you want to say that theory re, re, uh, retain his united states championship by f5ing him on top of bobby lashley to get the one two three It was a fun little finish i did like it because he doesn't give a fuck about either two of these guys but he still has beef with bobby lashley SP3, does that mean our hopes and dreams of a Brock Lesnar versus Gunther match at WrestleMania were dashed last night?
0: I mean, it was more dashed with uh, Dave Meltzer's follow-up when he said that uh, when he originally heard the report of Brock versus Gunther, he uh, he got told by people within WWE that uh, that's not happening. Uh, so so, so uh, this indication that we're going to see the continuation of Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley is what I originally thought where we were going to get yeah. after the finish at crown jewel so it makes sense to me i would like to see brock also in the men's Royal rumble match to have more encounter with bobby lashley because i always like when the men's raw rumble yeah. sets up or develops a rivalry going into wrestlemania so yes. hopefully they do that there and maybe we can get brock and gunther crossing paths there and maybe people's yeah. dreams are not dashed
1: that's what i want man like Maybe they do that match at SummerSlam instead, but at least lay the seeds for it because that's something that's fresh and interesting and makes me go, ooh. And when I go, ooh, I that means I really fucking want to see something. So I want, I want Gunther to get that level of a push, man. I want him to be put in that kind of a match and go over on somebody like that and really elevate that man. Maybe it's still a little too early with him being the Intercontinental Champion. Maybe, okay, fine. You want to do Brock and Lashley at WrestleMania? And yes, yeah, Steven, I think we do. I think we do because we still haven't had a satisfying Brock Lesnar-Bobby Lashley match because both of those finishes were very... Uh, um, One of the
0: finishes had nothing to do with either guy. It was more about Roman Reigns, and then yeah. the finish at Crown Jewel was just to set up this next match. So yeah. let them have their final big matches, and this is what Brock does. Brock loves his three-match series. He did it with Goldberg. He did it He did it with uh, with with Roman, did it with Seth. So just let him get it out of his system. Yeah,
1: put, let these two go out there and just beat the holy hell out of each other for 10, 12 minutes. Let us get a decisive winner. Whomever it's going to be, it should be Lashley, by the way. Uh, whomever it's going to be, let us get it ended at WrestleMania. This is, I'm hoping this is the dream matchup that that actually lives up on that. Because again, the, the two finishes, of the, their first two matches just really, it has left me wanting more. So that's why I'm not mad that we're getting this match, but I love the idea of Gunther versus Brock Lesnar so much more than seeing this match for a third time, but I'm still not mad at it. Um. One of the segments that I did enjoy last night, even though I was very nervous about it at first, was the LA Knight calling out the veterans. Then we get the gong, and it's going to be Undertaker and LA Knight. And I'm like, are we really about to get old-ass potbelly Undertaker kicking LA Knight's ass? Because I don't want to see that. Do not feed a current talent to an old retired veteran, please, for the love of God. And then we get Bray Wyatt coming out, and I thought what we saw was much better than what had originally played out in my mind. Really didn't feed any current talents to the the, the old vets, right? Like, even D-Generation X backed away from Imperium, as they should, because they're all old and retired. Okay, great, cool. I did like Triple H going, Kurt will fight you? And he's like, no, I will not. I am not doing that. Um, so that was, again, I enjoyed that segment. I enjoyed this segment with The Undertaker as well, because it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. But then after... L.A. Knight gets tossed to Bray. He gets the sister, Abigail. We get Taker going up and whispering something to Bray Wyatt. We ever going to find out what that was, SP3, or are we just left to assume that this was Undertaker going, it's your time now.
0: I, I got I, I am an excellent lip reader and I found out what he said he said hey little mama let me whisper in your ear tell me something I like to hear got a nasty ass but uh, and so that that's what I think uh the undertaker said to Bray he he also said yo Trust me, I've been. I was having mid matches for over a decade. Find yourself a Kurt Angle, and you'll be good money. Good money, honey. Don't <laughs> worry. Change up your look. You you changed it up. This is your American badass time, where you can <laughs> you, you, you can where you can squash DDPs of the world and Chris Canyons. You'll be great at it. That's what he said to him. I don't know what he said to him, but if this was supposed to be that.
1: Symbolic passing of the torch moment. I didn't really get that. And if there was a time for a symbolic passing of the torch moment from Undertaker to Bray Wyatt, it should have been back at WrestleMania 31 when these guys wrestled, and Bray should have walked
0: Yeah, in air, but you know, Vince was in creative. Right. Apparently, WrestleBull said that uh, Undertaker even told Vince to take care of him even oh, back did. then. So, you know. It, and it, I do, I, I'm not going to put that on, on the Undertaker, even though it's the Undertaker. If you wanted to say you were going to lose, you could have lost, my dude. Yeah, uh, I, I'll,
1: I will go to my grave insisting that Bray Wyatt should have been the one to end the streak, not Brock Lesnar, the year before that. That's just my opinion. Let's change some gears over to AEW SP3 because there's some interesting things that are going on there. Including what seems to be a massive shift in its women's division, and arguably the best women's storyline uh, going on between either of these two companies right now. Definitely seems like Soraya and Tony Storm have now switched over to the dark side and have kind of made made this a homegrown AEW talent versus the WWE chick kind of thing. And makes a lot of people thinking maybe Ruby Soho might be next to make that heel turn. Uh, Your thoughts on Saray and Tony Storm going one way, which probably means we're getting that full-on fledged babyface turn for Dr. Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter, which seems to be long overdue at this point.
0: Yeah I mean it just makes the whole world Of sense to me uh, over on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel me and Jimmy Macaron we reviewed AEW Dynamite every week and we said after The Soraya promo with Britt Baker was and she was like I Worked in Madison Square Garden I Worked in the O2 I'm better Than all of y'all basically that's what yeah. She said in that promo yeah. I was like She's the heel, like like we were both like she came off like the heel here, and her reaction ever since then has developed and developed to more and more booze every week. So this is the credit to AEW that you know they listen to the fans. They they went with Jamie Hayter when she was the hot commodity, and they made her the AEW Women's World Championship. And they're not gonna fight against the reaction she's getting as well as the reaction that Soraya is getting, and she's gonna let they're gonna let her go heel and. With Tony Storm, I thought that that was like the, the most confident and aggressive yes. Tony Storm has come off in a few in a few months. So I like Tony Storm in this direction. I like Soraya in this direction. And if it all develops to a AEW Homegrown versus AEW Outsiders at Blood and Guts this year. I am all for it. Give me yeah. Saraya, Tony Storm, Ruby Soho, Serena Deep, and you could, you could throw in maybe someone new coming in or an Athena and versus the, the, the AEW outsiders of Dr. Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, Hikaru Shida, Willow Nightingale, and then throw in Jade Cargill in there as well as the big-time person to come at the end for the homegrown. I know a
1: lot of people are sitting here and they're, they're saying, um, you know, maybe this is a time you could bring in Mercedes Monet. I think that is, I think that's going to be a pipe dream, uh, for a while. I, I, if look, we had reports that she was a, a lock in for that tag team match on, on January 11th. And then that didn't come to fruition. And you had Dave Meltzer saying she ain't going to AEW. I'm starting to believe Uncle Dave here on this one. Uh, she just seems to be, let me do my new Japan Pro Wrestling thing. Let me see how this Vint Sale things comes up. I still think eventually she's going to go back to WWE as long as Triple H is in charge of creative. But that, who knows how long that's last. That's a long way away. So I think that's a pipe dream. <laughs> you I, said that after last night? <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. That's a good point. I can't argue. Can't argue. That's a very, very, very good point. Uh, One thing that I thought uh, that I was very, very happy to see, this isn't even a question, SB3. It was going to be a question until right around 11 a.m. or so this morning if I had my timeline down, which is what on God's green earth is it going to take for Warner Brothers and Discovery to make a good decision here? Um, And it wasn't that much longer. Uh, After Meltzer reported last night that uh, Mark Briscoe, after the absolutely horrific and uh, just completely messed up incident that happened last week, the passing of Jay Briscoe uh, in that car accident. Um, Reporting last night that Mark Briscoe was still going to be banned from AEW and they wouldn't let them do a tribute show last week. And I'm sitting here and I'm going, guys, make the right decision. This is is beyond petty at this point for a company that's still showing that slap fight (laughs) bullshit. I mean, the double standard here is ridiculous. ridiculous especially you know from a guy who genuinely spent years learning and trying to to be better than the mistakes that he made a decade ago right and it's like just let these people mourn their fall their their fallen brother and put on a tribute show and let his brother wrestle on the damn show and Meltzer said they weren't going to do that, but things could change. SP3, thank God they changed because Mark Briscoe is going to be wrestling on Dynamite tomorrow in Lexington. And they have now been given permission to do uh, some kind of Jay Briscoe tribute on the show as well, which thank you. like This is the bare minimum that
0: Warner Brothers and Discovery could do. But Jesus,
1: thank you for doing the right thing on this one.
0: Yes, because I was getting really disgusted with Warner Brothers Discovery because, mind you, All of this was, you know, God bless, you know, Jay and his family, our thoughts and condolences to his family. But this was Jay Briscoe's tweet. This was Jay Briscoe's comments. This was nothing to do with Mark. Mark has paid the price for his brother. Brothers comments for far too Long and the fact that there was Even a report that Warner Brothers Discovery were going to keep Mark Briscoe Off of the television I was just Disgusted by that because Mark did not Do anything Mark didn't exactly. say anything Like that's what made it just Baffling so I'm so glad He has the opportunity in Lexington Kentucky to you know perform He's going to be out there with one of Jay Briscoe's all-time great Rivals and Jay Lethal the guy That he propped up to the main event level in ring of honor is going to be a special night and i'm just great that you know mark has the opportunity to grieve in in a in a proper way for a professional wrestler because you know if you looked at bte being the elite this week the young buck said like coming to the arena talking to people that know jay reminiscing about jay and being able to wrestle that was kind of the relief and the uh you know the the kind of it kind of putting their emotions into that they needed that to under to start to process things and i don't think mark has been able to really process everything because on tuesday his brother passes away on wednesday it's his birthday then he's dealing with his nieces in the hospital he's dealt with so much i'm just glad he has this opportunity tomorrow
1: yeah uh frantic world saying that uh warner brothers discovery should still be a shame for not letting jay briscoe on dynamite it it is a shame that you know we we didn't get to watch those guys perform on on aew dynamite and it's yeah uh i'm i'm with you i think you know people grow people can change and this is a guy who who went out of his way to educate himself and and to better himself and everybody spoke so highly of him um not e- even before the accident happened they always spoke very highly of this man and i you know it, it does suck that we're, we're never going to get to see those guys, uh, perform uh, a couple more comments here. Uh, Stephen Chambers saying thunder Rosa, maybe, uh, and that, that blood and guts match that, that would be, what do you think about that? SP three thunder Rosa on the same team as Jamie hater and, and Britt Baker
0: that would be that would be something because Jamie the, the whole rivalry between Brit and Br- Thunder Rosa started because Britt felt that Thunder Rosa was an outsider as well so that would really say something of how how she's grown if she accepts Thunder Rosa onto that side but you know about their personal things and stuff yeah. I know how that would go
1: yeah that that's what i'm sitting here thinking i'm like man that would be that would be cool but i don't know if they could like literally coexist because they they really don't like each other but they've wrestled before they have you know if they're not locking up with one another maybe they would be more apt to work with under rosa i don't know i don't know had a couple other suggestions here i wanted to bring up mick foley versus triple h uh false count anywhere on raw um as as one of the all-time favorite matches Trish Stratus uh, versus Lita for the WWE uh Women's Championship as well in Raw in 2004 uh great suggestions for uh, all-time favorite Raw matches uh there there's been a lot of good ones I wish we had saw another great women's match on Raw.
0: Cena, uh, Cena's had two of the greatest Raw matches of all time. His his near one-hour Broadway in London back in 2007 with Shawn Michaels, and the classic matchup with CM Punk ahead of WrestleMania 29 when Punk pulls out the power driver and everybody melt minds melted because they hadn't seen a power driver on WWE television in so long.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Are you surprised at all we didn't see any
1: CM Punk clips in the uh, raw highlights there SP3 last night?
0: Hey WWE, how you doing? <laughs> Hype bomb, you know, one of your top 5 greatest raw moments of all time. Not arguably. Cena getting drafted to Raw.
1: Yeah, arguably top top 3, maybe even top 2, maybe even number 1. I mean, we we live in an era now, man, where they 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 remember and embrace history. They talk openly talk about other companies existing.
0: We know CM Punk existed. We Don't know. That we huh? Won't go that far. Won't go that far. They they show Brian Danielson and Chris Jericho. Jericho. Won't well show them. No CM Punk, though. Nope. They surely will
1: not. Make sure to join us this Thursday, by the way. Appreciate everybody's tuning into the show today. Whether that's the audio podcast form, whether that's the video here on YouTube. Again, thumbs up hammer that subscribe button we really appreciate you guys doing that we love uh, entertaining you guys every tuesday we will be back 9 a.m this will be the pre-recorded show it's our royal rumble prediction show with cameron hawkins from the ringer he will be our special guest picker i think what we got like four matches to break down but there's two rumble matches so there's a lot to dive into on that and maybe just maybe i'll bring back do you believe you can beat SP3 trivia challenge? Maybe there's a chance I'll bring that back in 2023, SP3. Maybe. We'll see if I have time to get it done. Until then, you can follow me on Twitter at Rick Ucino. For those listening on the podcast feed, that is U C C H I N O. There's also a K in there. It's not Rick like Rick Flair. Follow him at True Heel SP3, spelled with two E's and heel. And uh, yeah, got a lot of coverage that's going to be coming your way uh, both here and for uh, SB Nation cage side seats um, live from the Royal Rumble in San Antonio. Looking forward to that. Unfortunately, sp 3 I did not plan this out well. My flight leaves an hour after the AFC championship game kicks off on Sunday. So, God, I hope they have those little TVs in the, <laughs> in the back. It's a Delta flight, so I have my fingers crossed. God dang it. Usually they put the Bengals in the early window. All right. Anyway, appreciate everybody for tuning in. Uh, bet on that game. If you're going to bet on that game, I'm taking the Bengals with a high ankle sprain for Pat Mahomes. You can do that at Bet Online. We would not be here without Bet Online. Take care, guys. We'll talk to you on Thursday.